The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to talk about the Broncos mantra that has actually ended up killing this team so far. Death by inches and why those inches are now becoming yards and those yards are becoming losses for Vic Fangio and his team in his uh, opening debut first four games. 0-3 so far. Going to try to avoid it. the 0-4 snub against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a home game, of course, for Gardner Minshew and the Jags. They will be traveling to Denver, and that'll be coming up this weekend. We're going to touch a little bit on that, and we're going to also hear from Emmanuel Sanders and his comments. A world of suck. What does that mean? We'll discuss that coming up on the podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100. Colorado Distilled Spirit Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tab 14. That's Tab 14 on the web, tab14.com. And, of course, want to say thanks also to our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. PFF.com is where you can get some great info. Use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off your order with Pro Football Focus. This Broncos team, of course, losing to Green Bay 27-16 saw Several instances of death by inches, if you will. And, you know, it's funny because this is a, a Vic Fangio-led team that was supposed to, this was the baseline of a team that was, they were not going to commit these penalties. This was at least going to be a fundamentally sound team, and yet so far through three games on the season, we have yet to see that. This is a team that, you know, is dealing with problems from, Clock mismanagement, the challenge on the offensive pass interference. It just made no sense. And I, and I think NFL coaches are going to start to understand that, you know, those kind of challenges are just, you're not going to win those. They're never going to be something that you're going to be able to win that's not worth challenging and wasting a timeout and a challenge on. It's the, you know, and all year long, it's the holding penalties. It's the drop from Deshaun Hamilton in the end zone against Oakland. It's uh, DeAndre Spencer catching the punt that, back them up deep in their own territory against Green Bay. It's Noah Fant having just the only way to describe it is careless football is, is not holding on to the football and getting stripped against Green Bay. It's all these little things that are now starting to build up to become this one big thing. You know, it's, it's one thing for, you know, uh, Joe Flacco to uh, uh, be sacked and stripped. That's a, that's a talent problem that, you have on the right tackle side of things. You know, Elijah Wilkinson, a, a backup for Jawan James. It's one thing for that, but it's another to have the uh, controllable mistakes that are now the unforced errors that are plaguing this team. And they are happening left and right. And, you know, some want to chalk this up for just a, a, a rusty start to the season, but a part of the criticism does need to go to Vance Joseph, or uh, excuse me, Vic Fangio, because uh, this is a team that is dealing with fundamental problems that can be corrected that unfortunately they're dealing with early. Now, a part of that could be because they just didn't play enough on offense or in defense, the starters, at least in preseason, you know, it, it could be the fact that maybe they're uh, just simply a, a team that is not well coached. You know, it could be one or the other, but certainly this is a team right now that is dealing with problems that they need to correct. If they want to get off the snide, they played well enough to beat green Bay. 
It's funny we say that, that they're an 0-3 team and they lost by double digits to the Green Bay Packers, but they actually played well enough to beat the Packers in that game on the road against what maybe people arguably uh, make as the second best team in the NFC behind Dallas. This is a Green Bay team that was very vulnerable. They were two for nine on third down, and quite frankly, they just didn't have the ball a ton from 24 minutes. That's the recipe to win, but the big glaring Well, stat of the game, it's really what tells the story is the turnovers. And look, you give Aaron Rodgers a short field, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, that back-to-back end of first half, early start to second half sequence where Green Bay puts puts 14 points up on the board, and those were all caused by those turnovers. They have got to find a way to hold on to the football. And, And for a lot of these guys, you know, it's, it's it's rookie mistakes that you know young player mistakes that you are seeing that hopefully will get corrected over time. You know it's earlier in the season. It's Isaac Yadam being, uh, you know, just just un a, a, a put in a bad situation. But you've got to make a play in that Oakland game. It's Deshaun Hamilton, a young wide receiver, dropping a surefire touchdown in the end zone. It's Noah Fant, a rookie tight end who's just trying to. To, to really make a play for his team needing to hold on to the football better because then he gets stripped against Green Bay and all of a sudden here we go, Darren Rodgers back on the field. So a lot of these are correctable mistakes and I think Bronco fans shouldn't, shouldn't be too discouraged, but it is a, um, a major issue because this is the selling point that Vic Fangio keeps pushing is no death by inches. And I know that he has come out and said, you know, several times that uh, there are death by inches on the field and there are death by inches off the field. And a majority of his conversation and, and, and push and narrative is off the field, but there are death by inches on the field that almost go hand in hand with what he is discussing. You know, penalties are a big one. You know, it's that uh, just simply paying attention in game. It's those, clock mismanagements that you just can't have. And Denver's got to clean up a lot of this if they want to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know the Jaguars come into this game at one and two, and uh, look, maybe a little bit more flash than the team actually is talent as Gardner Minshew has somewhat captivated the NFL attention with, you know, the whole jockstrap thing, walking around with his mustache, and he's he's a guy filled with a lot of swagger. This is a Jacksonville team that is very beatable. And this is, quite frankly, a game that Denver should win at home looking to um, rebound on a season that is still salvageable. You know, look, let's be honest. This is a Denver team that I know at 0-3 things look grim, but they played a competitive game against the Raiders. They played a competitive game against the Bears and a game that they honestly should have won. And... Then they play a competitive game against the Green Bay Packers until the end. You look at the next three. uh, First of all, you could argue that they've got three home games in a row. It's Jacksonville on the road to the Chargers and then at home to the Titans. The Chargers home game, of course, I say very tongue-in-cheek, but certainly a, a game where Broncos fans will travel. The Jaguars, Titans, two teams that really I don't think anybody looks at and says, oh my gosh, we're super scared of that. And then the Chargers are misfiring, a team that still doesn't have Melvin Gordon, a team that won't have Derwin James, a team that, you know, look, just barely beat the Colts at the uh, at the finishing gun and lost to a team in, you know, the Detroit Lions. Look, 2-0, but I don't think anybody looks at the Detroit Lions as this, this big world beater in the NFL and losing to the Tennessee, uh, excuse me, the Houston Texans. 
uh, in in uh, the closing moments when Philip Rivers could not get that last second drive put together at home. So uh, I think this is a schedule that you can take advantage of, and it does help that when we look around the NFL landscape, that this is a team that is dealing with an AFC, really the NFL in general, but particularly the AFC that's very top heavy. Okay. You have the Bills and Patriots at 3-0. and They lead their division. The rest of the division is winless. You have the AFC North at 2-1 and with the Baltimore Ravens basically being the only team that can really, I think, make an impact in a potential postseason play. And again, I get it. We're, we're three games into the season and we're talking about the postseason. But when you really look at it, 1-2 and Cleveland, 0-3 uh, Cincy, 0-3 Pittsburgh, 1-2 Tennessee, 1-2 Jacksonville. You know, the Raiders at 1-2, and the the Chargers at one and two, there is potential for rebound here. And then all of a sudden, if you look down the schedule, you know, everybody kept saying that at the beginning of the season, oh, this was such a difficult schedule. And, uh, Nick Foles and the Jags and that defense were going to be so difficult. That game looks far different, you know? Oh, Marcus Mariota and the upstart Titans. Could this be the year where they put it all together? And now that game looks a lot different. You know, you're at Indy. Oh, that's definitely a loss because Andrew Luck is going to tear the Broncos defense up. That game looks a lot different. Cleveland at home. Baker Mayfield was supposed to be the biggest thing going right now for the the NFL, and he's going to light the AFC world on fire. This is a week-to-week league. Things change very, very quickly, and as surprising as it sounds, and I get it, there's going to be a lot of people who think I'm just way too optimistic, or a lot of people think uh, that there's no way that the Denver Broncos could potentially salvage a season from an 0-3 start. To be truly honest... There are many scenarios laying out here where they actually could. So we'll see how that that uh, certainly pans out. But, of course, the big thing is the only way to dig out of this hole is to take care of the things that you can take care of. And that's what I define as death by inches. Uh, certainly a mantra that uh, the Broncos have been following this year. Now, maybe we got a new one on Sunday because Emmanuel Sanders says, look, football is still fun, but it's not as fun when you're losing. And when you're in a world of suck, Let's hear from Emmanuel and what he had to say post game on Sunday after the loss. Times are are rough around here, you know. Obviously, the past three years it's been uh, it's been tough, you know. So uh, trying to get it right right now. He's in only three, living in a world of suck. So uh, football is still fun, uh, but it's not so much fun when you lose, especially when you prepare as hard as you can. And, you go out, you have, you know, uh, four targets, two catches, and uh, 10 yards, you know. Uh, but there's always next week, so I'm optimistic, man. So, again, Emmanuel Sanders talking about a world of suck that the Broncos are in. I'm not exactly sure what that actually means outside of luck. They're 0 3 and the, the sky is falling. I'm going to try to. Um, decrypt what Emmanuel Sanders said in a different way and light. We're going to do that next. So again, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Ronnie K radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K radio on Twitter, where on the podcast, look, uh, we have talked about the Broncos problems from head to toe, the 
uh, issues they have on offense to the issues on defense. I, th- I think for these players, the feeling is it's it's very tough right now because they know they're better than an 0-3 team. Look, uh, officials may have robbed them from a game against Chicago, and if they don't beat themselves, if they don't beat themselves, I think they beat the, the Green Bay Packers. Look, uh, they put 14 points on Green Bay's back pocket, basically, simply by turning the ball over in their own territory that look just makes it so difficult for the defense to be able to function outside of that the defense has been fairly strong this year against Chicago only allowing the 16 points a little rusty on the Oakland Raiders opener but certainly look uh, they have not looked completely um, incompetent certainly has not been the thing and that's where I think a lot of the differences right now between this year and last year are is that when Denver loses Denver is losing close games that they are in, even though they are committing all these dumb turnovers or all these stupid penalties. They're committing all these mistakes, and yet they are still in the ball game in all three phases. And might I also add, they did come back in the Oakland game and in the Green Bay game. Look, you're down two possessions uh, at the start of the third quarter. You could pack that in, and maybe that becomes a real long day for you where Aaron Rodgers throws for 300-plus yards and you lose 41-16. Instead, it remains a close game. Denver essentially loses on that final field goal that made it a two-possession game with about five minutes left, and then, of course, Denver couldn't score anyways. But, uh, look, this is a Denver team that has hung tight with some of the better teams in the league. We've seen how good that Cleveland and Green Bay can be, and now the schedule lightens up just a hair, so we'll see if Denver can certainly turn it around. So I guess the question now is what does Denver need to do as we begin to turn the page? We're going to turn the page early this week. You know, Wednesday is usually our turning page day. We're going to turn the page on Tuesday towards the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they need to do. And look, it's as simple as some of the most cliche things to say in which they have got to get to the quarterback. Uh, Three quarterback hits in 12 quarters is just inexcusable. It's not going to get it done against Gardner Minshew. It's not going to get it done against Mitchell Trubisky. It's not going to get it done against anybody in this NFL league. They have got to hit the quarterback and that starts uh, absolutely number one. And then they can't turn the ball over. Look, this is a team that when they turn the ball over, the turnovers are going to be the biggest death for this team because they know that they can play a fairly decent Game on defense. You know, I I think this pass rush is better than what's demonstrated. It's very baffling, and it's very hard to describe what is happening to this Denver defense because they have the talent to get to the quarterback, yet they can't get there. It's baffling. Nobody from the organization can uh, seemingly decipher it. I certainly can't. I don't know if anybody else can. We know that they got the talent. At some point, the light bulb's going to go off, and they're going to be able to get to the quarterback, but they, they can't fall behind with these turnovers because this is a team that's never going to be built to come back from behind and get points in gobs. That's just not who they are. This is a team that is run first. And when you are run first, you want it to remain a one possession game, whether you are leading or behind and you want this uh, team to look, uh, they're not going to be able to score on those five, six play two-minute drives. You know, that's not who they are. In fact, the uh, fat, the quickest drive that ended in points for Denver against the Packers totaled six-plus minutes in time. And so this is a team that has to control and move the ball with the running game. That means that takes time off the clock. Certainly, they can have a sense of urgency. 
And maybe they hit a deep ball here or there, but that's not who they are. Who they are is a team that wants to grind you down and punch you in the face, play the attrition game, and then by the time at the end of the game where hopefully they are leading by a touchdown, then they can kind of put a final dagger in it and play good defense. And so that's who Denver is, and that's the way this season is going to play out, and that's why turnovers are absolutely going to kill them. And look, you give Aaron Rodgers three extra opportunities to try to make something happen, and particularly in your own territory, that's a recipe for disaster regardless. Uh, It doesn't matter how good your defense is. So uh, certainly a lot to clean up if you're the Broncos. Look, they're in a world of suck because of death by inches, and I think that world of suck is, you know, a lot of those players are just feeling uh, not a depressed, but a uh, look. They understand the task at hand. They're they're not playing as well as they could be, and I think that's on all phases on offense, defense, and special teams. You know, we saw the 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 missed extra point from Brandon McManus. We saw the Deontay Spencer. Uh, Uh, catch on the punt where he backed up basically to the goal line from like the 15 yard line. We saw, we've seen problems on defense where they can't rush the passer. We know that they can rush the passer. Something's just got to click and they know they shouldn't be giving up those deep passes from, you know, the, the scantling one to some of the deep throws that Derek Carr completed in week one, you know, and then on offense, look, 16 points, 14 points, 16 points. Those are the three totals for through three weeks for the Denver Broncos. They are third to last in points per game in front of the Jets and the Dolphins. Let's be honest. The Dolphins have packed it in, and the Jets are dealing with all kinds of issues at quarterback from uh, a kid who's got mono to our old friend Trevor Simeon, who is uh, done for the year. So there are a lot of issues with those teams, and yet Denver is now third. The offense needs to score more points. There's make no mistake. There's nothing around it. There's they have simply got to be able to put together drives and they've got to score more points. And it starts with Rich Gangarello and it starts with the offense. But to be truly honest, that offense has started to look good. And Rich Gangarello has started to kind of feel a rhythm. It, look, it. I think the his head was buzzing. He was going a million miles an hour in week one. We saw some really dumb uh, play calls, make no mistake. And he knew it. He knew the swinging gate was a mistake. The handoff to Noah Fant, those were mistakes that he has since corrected. And now you start to see a little bit more of a methodical offense, more of a well-thought-out uh, game planned that gets executed through four quarters. So I think there's a little bit of uh, getting his feet under him that is starting to to pan out for Rich Gangarello and this Broncos team. But the bottom line is that they are 0-3. There is no... Um, discussing around that there is no way to to decipher it other than they are zero and three and they have got to get a win if they want to consider try to digging themselves out of this it's not impossible but certainly a team that could turn it on a little bit later in the season and again the next three games a lot more softer than people thought at the beginning of the year jacksonville at home the chargers on the road slash home and then the Titans at home, and then you get your big test, of course, your first one with the Kansas City Chiefs while that being a home game. Boy, I don't know who's stopping Patrick Mahomes right now in the Chiefs. You could probably chalk that one up to a loss. But to get back to 3-3 three and three would be a big deal for the Denver Broncos, and, of course, we'll be following that here on the Broncos Blitz podcast, a daily podcast with Mile High Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, and, of course, always at MileHighSports.com where we got all kinds of great writing on the Broncos, discussions, player profiles, interviews, all that great stuff, the audio, 
the written content at milehighsports.com where you can check out all that info. We are all done for this edition of the Broncos Blitz Podcast as we turn the page. We're trying to turn the page away from the world of suck. I still don't, still don't know what that means. World of suck. That's quite the quote from Emmanuel Sanders. And look, hopefully the Broncos can turn it around in their... Uh, uh, no, not so much in the world of suck, but maybe just uh, you know, a little bit or flip it around to the Jaguars and maybe if they can end Minshew mania and get to the quarterbacks, we'll see what happens. It certainly could be a different tune that they are singing on Sunday as they will be back at home at Empower Field at Mile High. Jacksonville Jaguars, a 225 start. And, of course, that game will be on CBS as the two AFC teams match up. We'll be talking about it. I'll be at the game. You can be sure to catch up on all the content on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter and always at MileHighSports.com. All done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. For more player profile interviews, discussions, news on the Broncos, you can find it at MileHighSports.com. And the all-new MileHighSports mobile app links are at MileHighSports.com. It's MileHighSports. See you To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.